Hello and welcome to the 1-106 of a second photography podcast. Sad times because I'm not on SoundCloud anymore, but you'll find the podcast on Anchor and all the main sites. Today's episode is called Gear Mistakes. And like many photographers, I've probably made quite a lot of gear mistakes. We're all guilty of it. But I've thought about my top five gear mistakes, the mistakes I've made, and how I hope no one else will make them. So I'm just going through these gear mistakes. There have no doubt been more, but these were the ones that were on the forefront of my mind. Light ones is my, is my first gear mistake. A few years ago, when the Westcott Ice Light came out, light ones were were really big, and everyone was making light ones, and they're really good. Then you know they're not going to be massive illumination, but they're good. They're portable. They're light. So I got one and. I liked it. So I got another one and that was good as well. It was a, I didn't get ones that were the same size because I bought them on the internet and I didn't really consider the size. So they're slightly different sizes. It's not a problem. They're non-brand generic makes. So they're probably made by the same company, but given different names for different areas and things. I got two and then I realized I shouldn't have got two. I should have got one. And the reason is that what's good about a light wand is you can carry it with you. It doesn't take up any weight. It's got its own carrying case and you can hold it and do photography so you can illuminate your subject at night doing photography the, the reason I got two was I wanted to illuminate from both sides that's great and then I considered that I don't have three hands so I'd need to hold one in each hand or get the person I'm photographing to hold one or bring a light stand and all of a sudden the attraction of a light wand which is it's lightweight it's speedy it's quick it's easy goes out the window because you're bringing a light stand or a tripod to put your camera on so you can hold two or getting someone else to do it. So I really didn't need to. I realised that very early on and then I'll be honest I forgot about the light ones altogether simply because they were at the back of my mind. So as good as they are it was a mistake to get to. Tripod head. I got a really good Manfrotto tripod nice and sturdy and then I spent almost the same amount of money again or maybe more getting a head and I got this I don't know what it's called but it's a joystick one so it fits in the palm of your hand you squeeze it and that way you can adjust the tightness and you can move it around it's a ball head but the problem is it doesn't hold that much weight without slipping so I put on its maximum tightness and it still slips and then I bought cheaper ball heads that have been much more simple in their design much more elegant and they've worked better so that was an expensive ball head that I probably didn't need to get it's quite big it doesn't really hold the heavier lenses at a good angle without creeping and sliding so I probably could have done without that but like all gear mistakes you don't know until you're in the mistake or you've made the mistake everything seems a good idea at the time and like I say probably made more as well more gear mistakes Number three is Westcott soft boxes and octoboxes. I really like these umbrella soft boxes that Westcott do. So they fold down into a small tube. I, I've provided my own tubes, I didn't get one from the company, but they fold down like an umbrella and then you pull them up like an umbrella and you've got a big soft box. And on the inside, it's all reflective material. And then you've got a soft covering to diffuse the light. And it fits really easily on a light stand and they're lightweight. They're probably not very sturdy. They're probably very easy to break. So they were quite expensive. I got a soft box and I got an Octobox. And when you buy cheap things and when you buy expensive things, you sort of think the more money you pay, the more robust it is, and the more it's going to last. Now, I don't think any amount of money is going to improve how long these Westcott style soft boxes and Octoboxes last. So pretty soon after the Westcott ones came out, cheap knockoffs came out that I would say were one fifth or one sixth of the price. So I probably paid probably over £100 for the soft box or close to £100 for the soft box and Octobox, not together, but separately. And I probably could have got a knockoff one if I just waited a little bit for maybe £25, £30. I really really doubt there's going to be a huge difference in quality between them 
or light output. So really, I should have just waited, waited a little bit longer and then got the knockoff Chinese, non-branded, non-Westcott one. And if you are an early adopter, and sadly I am an early adopter, I always jump on the bandwagon with things, you generally get stung, generally, the wise people wait a little bit and see what happens. And there have been purchases where I have waited and I have benefited from waiting, but equally there are purchases when I've just been the first one to buy it and maybe I should have waited. First generation LEDs are my next one. Now when LEDs came out, you, well, in fact, before LEDs came out, you had hot lights and these were lights that you plugged in and they gave out a tremendous amount of light, but they got hot and they were hot to the touch because they gave out a lot of light, but they gave out a lot of heat as well. So they weren't great. You needed gloves to use them. And I had some, some cheap hot lights and they were okay for video, but you had to be really careful around them because they were hot. And then LEDs came out and they brought this promise of cool running lights and lightweight lights and things like that. So I used it mainly for video and I bought some and they were okay, but they never had a great power output and they were bulky and I could never quite find the right batteries for them. And it's only recently that I've properly got into Sony MPF series of batteries. I've always had them or tried to charge them, but I've recently got a decent charger, which means I can charge them properly quickly and charge two at a time as well. So they're now more useful, but when these LEDs first came out, they either ran on 10 AA batteries and they just ate through the batteries really quickly, or they ran on Sony MPF style batteries and those took forever to charge. They sometimes didn't work. The ones I bought were plagued by reliability issues or they were quite pricey, but they didn't give a great light output. So I got a Manfrotto one, which was okay. And you could use it as a flash, but the light output was never really what I'd expected from it. It's only recently that LEDs have got better in their light output and the quality of light that they give. And even now they're no way as good as a flash. You need a really big unit to compete with a flash, but they are better. And certainly you can run them off USB now and USB-C, one of them runs off and you can charge them and most of them have got their own internal batteries. But I do regret purchasing those first generation ones that really weren't that good. And probably my last gear mistake that comes to my mind was a lens. And quite often I'm quite, I'm quite into lenses. Lenses are good. Lenses hold their value. You can sell them quite easily. I bought a 70 to 200 Tamron. I think it was f5.6. So it's quite a slow lens but it was a big lens and it gave a huge zoom range and initially it was quite good even of photographing my children i could be really far away and i could zoom in and i could get good compression and i got i got some really good shots with it and well, if, if a bird was about or a squirrel was about i could get a good shot with that and i'd always been missing that with my other lenses the ability to do wildlife photography but the lens was so big it was so cumbersome. You just, you really did look like a professional idiot or professional photographer, one of the two. I probably looked more like a professional idiot, but I couldn't really carry it around. I think I bought a special sling to put it in because the lens was so big. So the Tamron 70 to 200 was a really good lens. Technically, it was very good. Price-wise and value-wise, it was very good. But here's the key thing. I didn't use it as much as I thought I would. And I've talked about those problems it had, but just generally, I didn't use it very much. I wanted to use it. I didn't want to carry it around. In the end, it didn't really suit my style of photography and what I do and the way I do it. So I know a 70 to 200 is a big workhorse of professional photographers. And I'm not saying I'm a professional photographer because I had a 70 to 200 or because I was considering it, but it just didn't fit in with what I did. So I sold it. I didn't lose too much money selling it because it held its value. The, the loss I made and it was negligible and I got to use it for some time and try it out. So what sort of things can we glean from my gear mistakes. Well, don't forget, we always hear it, gear is gear. Ask yourself, 
Do you need it? Ask yourself, why do you want it? And try and figure out if what you've got can do the job. And we're all guilty of maybe buying just that little extra thing. And don't get me wrong, buying lots of gear does mean you do things faster. I, I'm a believer in that. You can get better outputs if you have gear. You can do things quicker if you have better gear. Things are more reliable. But if you're doing it as a hobby, does that matter? If, it, if your job doesn't rely on it, does it matter? And most likely the answer is no. And the time saving you get, is it worth the money? Might save you 10 minutes, but it might cost £4,000 more. Might save you 30 seconds. You've got to ask yourself whether it's worth it. And probably for the hobbyist photographer, it's not. I know if, if you buy enough gear from manufacturers, you're eligible to go into their professional services programme. Now, for a professional, that's probably worth it. But for me, it's probably not worth it. Or other hobbyist photographers, it's probably not worth it. So, so that consideration makes buying certain types of gear suitable for professionals, but probably not for hobbyists. You should probably avoid being the first one to buy something and being an early adopter. And when I say the first one, I don't, I don't mean queuing up outside the Apple store in the first 10 hours the new iPhone. I'm talking about just being an early adopter and taking to a new technology when it's in its infancy, when it's been through a few development life cycles and people know what to expect and have refined it and have done various upgrades and um, third party products have come out to support it. That's probably the time you should be considering buying something. And I've been an early adopter on many things. I was an early adopter on Blu-ray. Now I haven't regretted that. I've stuck with my Blu-ray player and I do buy Blu-rays and I'm quite happy with Blu-rays. Had I waited, they might have come down a little bit in price. So th there are benefits to holding off your purchase. If you are going to buy gear, gear can change price with the seasons. I've done an episode on getting the best value for money for buying gear. So if you are going to buy a very expensive lens, wait till the summer or wait till Christmas. If you buy in the summer, you'll probably be eligible for one of the manufacturer's summer cashback offers. All the manufacturers do this. They give cashback and they generally do it in the summer and some do it in the winter. In the winter, there'll be the run up to Christmas. You might be able to get your gear a little bit cheaper. I'm not guaranteeing you will, and I'm not promising you will. It, you know, it's worth maybe just holding off a little bit if you're close to one of those two milestones within the year. And my, I suppose my last tip is don't buy more than you can handle. And I mean that metaphorically and literally, because as you know, I bought two light ones and I can't hold them at the same time and do photography. Someone else could hold them or two people could hold them for me, but then, I'd have to get someone to hold. They're effectively becoming a light stand, that person. I need to get two people to do that or one person to do it while I hold the other. So don't buy more than you can handle. And don't forget all the storage if you buy loads and loads of gear as well. So it's with regret that I talk about the mistakes I've made in purchasing gear and with a humble, humble heart, I suppose. But I hope you take some solace from my mistakes and, and don't repeat them. I think if I was buying my gear again, I might just buy a 24 to 70 L lens and a DSLR, and that would probably cover me for most things, and an expensive smartphone. And I'd probably be okay for everything, but I've sort of gone about things a different way, as I've talked about in other episodes. Do let me know your thoughts though, and don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on Apple iTunes. Thank you. Goodbye.